Thank you for listening to the Tatnus Podcast on the Tatnus Co. Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. A Mercedes kind of sentiment, luxury, and trust in me to honor the free we all should be in. See my sons out burst into yin and yang, right and left, me and you. What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Tatnus Podcast. Thanks again for checking us out. And uh, this show is going to be interesting. This is going to be a two-parter. I had the privilege of talking to the good brothers over on Raw and Order off the Tatnus Podcast Network. And we got to talking so much. They're such good dudes, man. They were great guys. We had so much fun talking that, uh, as it turned out, we lost track of time. And ended up talking, shooting the shit for almost the better part of three hours, man. So I had to cut this down into a two-parter. And uh, we talked about the... Elimination Chamber. We make predictions and call out some things that we think are going to happen. Were we right? I don't know. <laughs> Guess you'll have to find out. Check it out, man. How's it going, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Well, that's cracking. Thanks for. Uh, sorry about that. Fucking appreciate y'all being so patient, though. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. So... There, there's, I don't know, probably a, a dozen times we've had to postpone recording the podcast due to one of us being later i don't know falling asleep or something <laughs> never happened bro never happened. <laughs> there's oh, some denial <laughs> a little bit of denial here yeah i was thinking about the topics and i was like fuck there's so many that we could get into you know well, what I'm saying? Deal. i i've got a couple things that i want to bring up like one of the things i i've got a couple crimes that um i feel we can talk about you i know you had one to to talk about and then towards the end i figured um i'd do a few little uh pre-crime predictions for elimination chamber not like match predictions but things that i think are probably going to happen yeah let's get into that because I, I feel like that's pretty much uh probably the most relevant thing right now since it's in what a couple hours yeah just a few hours yeah so let's uh let's go there then fucking I, I've got a few things on that myself. Well, it's like a masculine voice, Justin. <laughs> I don't know. Have you listened to any of our podcasts when we've had Justin on? I think I have, yeah. Justin is from Montreal. Oh, really? Um, so so he he's Canadian as well. But he's oh, yeah. only one hour time difference from us, not two hours. So. Yeah, he's just a few hours away from me then. Yeah, Jeez. You're going to be up till like 2 o'clock in the morning fucking watching Elimination Chamber, man. I'm sorry. Oh, no doubt. No, I'm always up anyway, so it's all good. What do you What do you got on that whole thing? The Elimination Chamber? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good show. I don't think it's going to be, like, the best show. No. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there, there's a lot of questionable matches and a lot of things that I'm not 100% sure where they're going with. Um, I mean, it kind of feels like just a filler pay-per-view. Like, oh, yeah. hey, we're going to WrestleMania. Oh, crap, we've got Elimination Chamber. Um, <laughs> I think, group, I think a lot of that stems from from the... And, and again, I know there's people who love the Saudi shows, and, and I'm glad the money's there for, for pro wrestling to expand. But cramming these Saudi shows in, in the middle of a three-week gap anyways... And <laughs> you have no development for anything. Like, there's no fucking storylines developed tonight. Except for yeah. Baszler's the only storyline that's really developed. And I'm glad you said that, because to me, that's the most predictable outcome for that yeah. whole match. Yeah. And we know who's going to win that. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess there is a storyline that's a little bit developed with AJ and Alistair, but beyond that, there's just and and you don't have a, a world title being defended here at all. Either of the big titles, neither of them are being defended. Like, ah, ah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is what Saudi Arabia does. If if you just pigeonhole it into uh, right there, I think we can get it in there. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does, you know. <laughs> And I mean that's that's a lot of the thing. Yeah, you just had Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet, right? What, what do you do? Have it again? Oh, rematch, elimination chamber. Yeah, and you know what the difference will be? Ricochet might get one or two offensive moves in this time. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if I'd hold my breath on that, but <laughs> that'd be the only thing that makes it unique compared to the other. <laughs> it's still not watchable. Yeah. Just... Yo, or, or what are you gonna do, Goldberg and the Fiend again domestically? Mm-hmm. Where people are <laughs> really fucking pissed off. Like, people are just kind of pissed off, and they're like, "Listen, the Prince of Saudi Arabia is a Goldberg fan. Okay, fine." You and know, you know that's you know that's not even the reason why. The no, it was whole... it's because the Fiend versus Roman was gonna ruin Roman worse than Vince already has. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And no one to... was going to cheer Roman beating the Fiend. Period. No, Correct. not at all. Um, People would be infuriated. There'd be a riot. But Roman beating a part-timer Goldberg, people will pop. There will be a big pop for that. Absolutely. So. True, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think they're milking this whole spear versus spear shit, like, fuck until the wheels fall off. And, uh, you know, so I get it, but... Um, I, you know, I think that, uh, as you were saying, the Alistair... And AJ thing is kind of in its own respect filler because we know what's coming at Mania for uh, AJ. So yeah, AJ's made that pretty obvious, right? So there's no real build to anything. It's just kind of in the time being, you know. In the meantime, well, a part timer sits at home. I'll uh, I'll take care of someone else for a little bit. <laughs> and how many times have we seen Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo? More than I care to admit, because that bores me to fucking tears, man. See, and I like them, but once again, uh, we've seen it two and a half dozen times in the last month. Yeah, you know, after the first couple times, it's it's now when I go take a leak, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's about as long as the match lasts. <laughs> and then Ron Strowman versus Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn, that just feels, to me, 100% like a match set to make Braun Strowman look like a monster because he beat three people. Exactly, and if it goes the other way, then it's just burying him further. Uh-huh. And I am I the only one that feels he's misused? Oh, he's grossly misused. The thing is, he's been misused for the last two years. Yeah, yeah exactly. We should have had him be the one who took the title off Brock. Yeah, that I, really I, I agree. He was it, red hot at the time. You know, people people were behind him. He had to get these hands. Um, the credibility is there. And the credibility is this big monster, and people loved him, right? So you have him be the one who takes the belt off of uh, Brock. Then you have him go on a run. Maybe then you can start doing a heel turn with him where the uh, ego of being the champion starts to come out and and all of that stuff. And then you can have Roman take the belt off him in a match that we hadn't seen a billion times already. Right, because... Um, I mean, I don't yeah, think it was possible. Awesome. Seth, and that's equally as overcoming for Seth. In fact, Seth has already two wins over Brock. Why give him the third? Right. You know, having a win over Braun. Now Seth literally is this 
beast slayer or monster slayer now. Another well, monster. Yeah. And and you built you built another character without hurting either of the first two of the two you had built up so well in the late nineties and early two thousands. Oh, that, that's what they're missing. Um, yeah, no, to me it's a win-win because, I mean, you know, uh, Strowman as a heel was great. Mm-hmm. And Strowman against Reigns was fucking awesome in my view. Mm-hmm. That shit got violent. That shit got, you know, pretty crazy. And it was like, finally, minus we're going the, in a good direction. Minus the hell in the cell that was invadable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Come on, guys. Well, that's... We're, we're smart enough to know that, that not... Every person on your roster can break steel and get in. Not every big dude <laughs> rip doors off. Sorry, Kane. We know it right. was rigged. It's rigged when Brock did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's the deal. We've talked on our show before about how um, the wrestling community as a whole likes to dog Roman Reigns. And, uh, and a lot of it's because we felt like he'd been kind of shoved down our throats. But if you've been to a live WWE event in the last two years, um, the pop for Roman Reigns is real. Uh, right. When he comes out, when that dun-dun-dun hits, the crowd erupts. So, right. yeah, he he legitimately is a star. We just like to push back against him a lot. Um, but having him beat uh, a part-timer Brock Lesnar again isn't going to get the pop that you want. Having right. him beat, you know, uh, Rollins for the title would get a little bit of a pop, but at the time, people were more behind Rollins anyways. Uh, so I I really think that, you know, Braun versus Roman would have been a way better way to go if you wanted him to win the belt. Or, you know, if you wanted it to be Rollins, Braun versus Rollins is still, you know, it's a monster versus a, a normal man sort of a uh, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody always loves that kind of concept because it's it's always going to be reality. But, you know, the system or the hierarchy or whatever you want to call it, yeah. Right, and there's always someone bigger than you eventually, right? So, yeah. um, But, I mean, that kind of brings us to one of the, the problems with Elimination Chamber. DA Fabe was kind of hitting on it, the fact that there are no... Uh, Universal or WWE Championship matches on this. But even more than that, there's no um, uh, Roman Reigns on this at all. Wow. He's not on the card at all. Right? So your biggest star, arguably, on SmackDown. One you're about to give a giant push to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not there at all. Uh, (laughs) If Goldberg appears, it's going to be an appearance, not a wrestling match. If Brock appears, it's just going to be an appearance, not a wrestling match, right? So your two major champions aren't there, effectively. Um, You know, it's like, oh, crap, what do we do with all these other people? Well, we'll give them Elimination Chamber. (laughs) Uh, Right, and don't you feel like that maybe kind of in some respect might risk making the outcome of those number one contender matches seem, like, irrelevant? Mm-hmm. Like, the champs don't even give a shit? Yeah. And well, it's the number one contender match for those right now. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, there's not even a match for Roman to become the number one contender for Goldberg's title. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, I saw a meme on the internet, and it was like, how do you get a shot at the, the title belt in WWE? And it showed Drew McIntyre and said, beat 30 other people at a Royal Rumble. And then it showed Roman Reigns. Just say, I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's working smarter, not harder, it looks like to me. <laughs> so it would seem. Uh, it shows the favoritism, definitely. But uh, along the same lines, which is the the better storyline from a viewer's standpoint? Well, it's definitely Drew McIntyre versus Brock. 100%. Because you, you've got this buildup of this character coming out. Um, coming out winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, being the one who eliminates Brock from the Royal Rumble. You know, all of that stuff builds up. My only worry is, um, last week on Raw, they had... Drew McIntyre basically destroyed Brock with, I want to say it was four Claymores. Yeah, that was a good start, actually. It, it was a good start, but I've I've always got this theory. I've talked with D.A. Fave about it before, that the stronger they make a person look going into a pay-per-view, the more likely they are to lose the pay-per-view. That is true. And yeah. I, I just worry that they're trying to make, you know... Uh, Drew looks so fearsome and all of this stuff that they're just going to have Drew just get bulldozed by Brock at WrestleMania and it's going to be all for nothing. I I was worried about that too and I thought, is he really that stupid? Is Vince that dumb? But lately, it's it's not... I, uh... I've got uh, four words for you. Hell in a cell. Exactly. Yes, Vince <laughs> is that dumb. Uh, <laughs> So here's the other aspect to that, and and this is a deeper, more foundational thing, I think, is, you know, we, we talk, all of us have had jobs in our life, and all of us have had somebody that we that was promoted above us that we, we didn't think should have been, or whatever it may be. This is what's actually happening. It's, it's, it's a bias that the fans actually see, and they go, oh, because his grandpa was in an NOI. Um, He's he's gonna be pushed. Well, crap! I'll change my last name to Annoy, and I have uh, <laughs> I'm six foot four and three hundred pounds, man. Like, let's do this. I I can be a world champion, Vince. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that's not so big deal. Or you, you need or, you need some more tattoos and a little bit darker skin. <laughs> all of this can be resolved, though. There's tanning salons and stuff, man. Like, I can pull this off. <laughs> like, but or or. Or the other aspect of, of the guy comes in from outside the company and suddenly he's he's got the push. A former UFC guy. Yeah, granted he was in WWE, but he was only in WWE. He's actually had five times as long of a stint in WWE this time as he did the first time. And I think he had more matches in the two years he was here the first time than he has been the ten years he's been here this time. Yeah. You know, like five times as long he's been employed by WWE and held and held them hostage a couple times for his contract. Um, and, you know, you, you've got this, this thing where, okay, so you're going to give it to him again, like promote from within, man. Like drew left, honed his craft, came back. It's fantastic. as the Scottish psychopath. You almost missed it once. And you started to regulate in mid card. And then you saw, Oh no, there's something here. And then he had him win the, the Royal rumble. And that's great. Don't piss this away. Right. I just read something actually really interesting to your point. 
uh, when they shit canned him the first time, I just found out Mick Foley called up Hunter and fucking said, look, I know he just left there, but you got to keep an eye on this kid because there's something there. And uh, he's he's really got my attention. And I think you're you're missing out. And I think he's going to develop even further into something huge. And here we are. So oh, that well, was Think of all the people that they have shit canned and, and, and have, have hurt that position. I mean, um, AJ had to go somewhere else to build AJ. AJ has been with WWE before now. Absolutely. Ages ago, but he was there. Um, and, I, and I understand that, the, that there's something to be said for developing under non-WWE developmental. Um, Adam Cole, baby, um, developed somewhere else, came to NXT. He was already a huge star. Like, there, there's, that's not a surprise. Right, and I think that's what all the best people had the luxury of doing, was yeah. building themselves up elsewhere. Yeah, seriously, you look at the top of the card for all WWE products. Um, and it's filled with people who built their careers elsewhere. WWE has this whole homegrown uh, attitude where they're like, our, our stars are the best, but every single one of them grew their craft elsewhere. Seth Rollins before, when he was wrestling as Tyler Black, uh, yep. AJ off uh, in Impact Wrestling, TNA at the time, yep. uh, Samoa oh, Joe oh, in TNA. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley um, left and know, came back. Left and came back, and and in Colby his time gone, Seth Rollins, Colby Lang, um, mm-hmm. somewhere else, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's really an endless list. Yeah, I mean, it, like, you even mentioned Adam Cole, Bay Bay, um, yeah. you know, and it, actually the entire undisputed era, you yeah. know, started off elsewhere and came there. I was watching a, a TNA Impact wrestling match from, I want to say it was 2005, right? So 15 years ago, and it had Roderick Strong in it. Shit. You know? And and he's considered kind of the new guy in uh, Undisputed Era in, in NXT, and he's a 15-plus-year veteran, right? Right. Daniel yeah. Bryan became the star that he is in WWE because of his reputation from Ring of Honor and in the Indies. Exactly. Um, and yet Vince still tries to, to, to almost ignore it. Like, how how hard did Vince try to not have the Daniel Bryan era, the Yes movement? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like, anything Vince didn't create, he buries. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. With the exception but, of AJ Styles. For some reason, he... he it's like he he didn't forget that he fired AJ at one point. Like, like he forgot. Like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty good. He's never worked here. Uh, now, well, here, it's because he has long hair now, so he's a totally different person. Here's my oh. question, actually, uh, pertaining to that. I'm glad you brought that up because I just recently found out that uh, Taker. It was his idea. He wanted AJ at Mania because he reminds him of Shawn Michaels. Do you think maybe Taker was in Vince's ear from day one and said, "You got to do something with this kid"? Could be. Could be. I mean, it could be. It could even be Triple H. I mean, we know for a fact that H is way more um, cognizant of the indies and wrestling as a whole than than Vince McMahon is. Absolutely. Uh, Vince McMahon almost famously doesn't even actually watch his own product outside of when he's backstage watching it on the monitor. 
right? That's a big time fact. <laughs> um, he, he doesn't doesn't watch NXT. You know, when they had that big NXT call up, it was a year ago. Um, he, he basically just called up and said, "Give me five people." You know, these are there some people you want, and he said, "You choose. Give me, give me your five best." Right. Um, and that's when they br- brought up uh, Alistair Black, and they tried to bring up Gargano and Champa. Um, and you know that didn't really work out. But there's so many things. I mean, part of why NXT works so well is it's doing stuff that don't necessarily fly on the main roster. Like I pray to God that Velveteen Dream doesn't ever get pulled over to Raw or SmackDown because as a character, Velveteen Dream does not fly on the main roster. But he works really well in NXT. Is it just me, or is getting called up to the main roster almost a punishment these days, rather than a reward? It, it is, and uh, both Gargano uh, and Champa, and I believe even Adam Cole, Bebe, uh, have have said that they they don't want to go to the main roster. If they if they're given the option of staying in NXT, they want to stay in NXT. Well, I think the writing's on the wall there, too, and I think it makes sense because it's almost a WCW, WWF thing all over again where the second you get called over, you know, you're buried. So I think your last day on NXT is your your funeral, and your first day on the main roster is the burial. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's where it all starts. And they could do that. I, I, I think WCW, WWE did it better. Here's the deal. WCW, they, this might have been part of the failure of WCW. Yes, I know Smarts is going to, like, jump through the phone and attack. <laughs> but part of the failure of that, is, if he hears me out, will be they had established, they were bringing in the established stars to make established um, wrestling storylines that were just edgier. Um, right. Whereas when WWE did it, um, the, let's, let's think of the first person they really brought over Separate from the invasion angle of of Benoit um, and Eddie and all those guys, was Jericho, right? So very very different than anything we'd seen uh, with Jericho, but it still fit him being the same character. Like he was still the same dude. He was exactly. still man of a thousand and four holds arm bar. <laughs> arm bar. That was the funniest shit. I just watched that again recently. And it made me laugh so fucking hard, just like day one. Uh, it, <laughs> there's like 700 arm bars in there. <laughs> yep. Left arm bar. Right <laughs> arm bar. Jer- Jericho is the GOAT. I'm going to say it. I know some other people have, but I'll agree. Oh, yeah. He's fucking great, man. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, like... Like, overall, this Elimination Chamber just seems like, I don't know, it's a filler with a few matches. But um, but I do have some pre-crime predictions for Elimination Chamber. Um, so, because we're recording this before Elimination Chamber, but most people won't be able to hear it till afterwards. We'll see if my pre-crime predictions uh, come true or not. Yeah. Um, but but the first one, I think, at some point tonight, uh, we will be filing charges against whoever made the Elimination Chamber for gross incompetence after someone breaks through, into, or out of either a pod or the chamber itself. 
so so much a given really (laughs) exactly it happens (laughs) every time whether it's Seamus kicking through or Braun Strowman kicking through or Nia Jax spearing someone through into a pod it seems to happen every time and so give me your estimate on how that would happen because I don't I don't see anybody in the women's uh, with the exception of Shayna I don't see anybody in the women's match that really does that maybe maybe Shayna's lackeys coming out and helping her finish off that match but in the tag match, I don't see anybody who, who just seems like they're going to do I mean, that's going to be utter chaos anyways. There's 12 dudes in there. It's going to yeah. be utter chaos, but remember the tag match. You've got heavy machinery, uh, Otis and Tucker, yeah. two big dudes. And you've got Big E, who's also stacked. Uh, he gets overlooked for his big dude status, but he is jacked, right? So um, I, I fully anticipate it, it's going to be in that match, most likely. <laughs> But, you know, um, in, in the women's match, I can totally see uh, Liv Morgan or Sarah Logan hiding inside one of the chambers and someone breaking in to, to get to them. You can see, like, Ruby trying to attack them? Mm-hmm. Well, Something I mean, look look what Sean did with Taker when he came up from under the grate. Mm-hmm. Not hard, right? Yeah. But that's the deal. Is I mean, it's just... Like, you guys are paid a lot of money to build this impenetrable structure or, called the Elimination Chamber, right? Maybe look into why it seems to be so easy for people to break through those doors. Cause, all, yeah. All they got to do is hide under the ring beforehand. Yeah, one let's, job, people. Let's send a little, <laughs> little money to R&D here, see if we can figure out how to make steel cages <laughs> not break. Um. <laughs> I also will likely be filing multiple charges for attempted suicide and attempted murder inside the Elimination Chamber. And I'm looking at uh, John Morrison most particularly. Um, of course. Have a feeling that he's Kofi. trying to commit suicide. Kofi there. And Kofi's there as well. Um, and frankly, I mean, I'm not the biggest Lucha House Party fans, but those people are kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I, I have a awesome. feeling that we're going to see something major from at least one of those. Did you say those people? (laughs) Yeah, those people, because there's multiples of them. Yeah, I feel there will be like a a one-upsmanship kind of thing going on with that kind of insanity. Oh, they're definitely... I I would love to see a a flip-de-do contest between John Morrison and Kofi in the same ring at the same time, which I I think everybody wins on that one. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, uh, being a fat kid sitting back going, I can't do flippy doos. <laughs> I live vicariously through other people flippy doing. <laughs> I respect the laws of gravity, so I'm just going to stay the fuck. <laughs> I'm a law enforcement officer, so you know laws yeah, of gravity. See, I know who I'm on the phone with, man. I'm not incriminating <laughs> myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, I also predict either AJ or Daniel Bryan will put over their opponents just to raise the status of the opponent. Possibly both, but I think it's it's definitely going to be either or. And my money's on Daniel Bryan, definitely. I think so, yeah. I see him putting Drew Gulak over as a way to raise Drew Gulak, because Drew Gulak is really, really talented, and he's kind of fallen into this no-one-really-takes-him-seriously role. Exactly. Um, and, and so to have him come out and beat the American Dragon... That's right. that's a big deal. So, 
And to be fair, I mean, honestly, let's be serious about Alistair Black. Does does it really seem like it, a loss would hurt him? I don't necessarily know if a loss would hurt him overall, except for the fact that he's just been getting his ass whooped by AJ for the last month and a half. Um, and so uh, having him finally get the comeuppance against AJ could be a big deal. But. Right. Interesting, though, that... That is now the second person who you've talked to that to that uh, about that too. That has said, I don't know that you necessarily have to do that with Alistair Black. Like, I think there's enough fans who are just going to go. I don't think you have to do that with Alistair Black. Well, but yeah. if that's if that's not part of the plan, then why even put him into the the feud with AJ in the end? Cause AJ because AJ is always the he's a dark character, and we're building AJ versus a dark character. Who's that, a part-timer, right? Yeah, but that guy's part-time, and, and well, I mean, he doesn't even so, fly somewhere until... So, so that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I can't guarantee both. I think it's either or, um, but my money's definitely on Daniel Bryan being one. But it wouldn't surprise me if both of them did it. Just yeah. because... Now, I'm not necessarily saying that AJ loses 100% cleanly to Alistair. Be uh, Undertaker interference that puts uh, Alistair Black over. Yeah, that's but, true. But or if AJ does win, it'll be because he had help from his boys, right? So, but in uh, the end, just I mean, just generic wrestling one hundred and one. You have the face, Alistair Black, face off against the heel, AJ. Um, you have the heel win through nefarious means a bunch of times, and then eventually you have the face prevail, right? Right. Um, and because we know fairly certainly that WrestleMania will not be AJ versus Aleister Black. We know that this feud is coming to an end. True. This is the time where you let the face prevail. I agree um, with that completely. I mean, unless you're going to have another 364th match against them on Raw tomorrow and <laughs> and then AJ loses, which wouldn't surprise me, but... You know, that might make more sense, too, in the respect of, like, if you don't, then why start a new feud between AJ and anybody if, you know, Mania is not too far away? But you still have a bit of a gap, right? So it's yeah. like, he's already preoccupied. Yeah. So, and then my final prediction, really, for it is, because this is WWE, the winner of at least one match will have most of us saying, what the fuck? Well, yeah, that's a given. Um, <laughs> And so it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the matches is gonna be a hell in a cell moment again for us. And my money's on the Street Profits versus Rollins and Murphy. Yeah, I, I feel like the uh, rematch is gonna be another title switcher, you know, and uh, change hands yet again. I, I feel like they were just trying to do due diligence by giving it to them. Yeah. So you think that that's going to turn into rubber mania for them, where there's a rubber rubber match at WrestleMania for them? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I honestly think, you know, um, that's what I wanted to get into was the, the track record where I think the company and the accusation of racism is starting to get, like, they're not even trying to cover it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking before off-air about... Uh, the whole thing that they did where there's a new rule now and no champions get an automatic rematch uh, once they lose their yeah. championship. 
And then it seemed like every single person that lost their championship, there was some excuse why they got the rematch. Some fucking bullshit fabrication that was so see-through and transparent, like, you just saw it coming. And then, of course, just in time, Kofi loses his championship, and he's the one guy that just gets the fuck over it and accepts it like, well, it was fun while it lasted. At least I can say he treats it like skydiving. I, I did it once. So I can say I've done it. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> it's like, what yeah, the fuck? I mean, that's that's really <laughs> part of the insult of it is they made it seem like he didn't even care that he'd lost the belt. Yeah, comes back happy as shit. Doesn't even address that, you know, even pissed off or anything. And, and just his happy-go-lucky fucking self. Like, hey, man, you win some, you lose some. Let's move forward. And. and that's fine if that's like the European Championship or some U.S. title or whatever the fuck. But this that's is the biggest championship. Yeah. Well, and I saw a statistic uh, the other day just kind of speaking racism. And I don't know the exact numbers for it. But on the WWE main roster show, so Raw SmackDown, not counting NXT... I think they said people of color went like one out of 12 matches all month on televised TV, you know, um, up until right at the end where the Street Profits miraculously won the the tag championships. Um, And that's during Black History Month, right? Uh, Just like, seriously, you know, if you want to if you want to celebrate black history, uh, then I don't know. Maybe you have uh, some black people win the belts or win <laughs> matches just in general. You know, well, you know. Look at last time, uh, Black History Month. What happened to poor Titus O'Neil? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> the funniest so, comment. I hate racism, man. But the funniest comment. Well, even Cornette fucking touched on this because he thought it was hilarious. Somebody said for Black History Month, Vince McMahon made a black man history. Fucking <laughs> 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 suspended him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. For nothing. Like, come yeah. on, man. Well, here's the I mean, so we, uh, Smarts and I had actually talked a little bit about JBL being inducted. So JBL is widely known as the backstage bully. I mean, yeah. Uh, and we had an episode recently that I said, you know, what a great heel commentator to bring a, a heel commentator back. Um, he is a fantastic heel commentator. That's mostly because he's a jackass in real life. Like, he, he's a fucking prick. You right, know? he's just um, being himself. <laughs> so, if you, if you want to pick up a, a great heel commentator, you got to find a guy who's a fucking prick. And he's it. Well, then he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame right now. And you have Ron Simmons in as the first black world champion, which happened in WCW. Um, I, I think I think just sitting down and thinking about what the Hall of Fame means, sitting down and thinking about the heat they took for Hogan um, after Hogan made the racial remarks um, and, and, and all that stuff. I think, God, what a great opportunity. You have as many two-time Hall of Famers or more that are black as as – as a greater percentage that are black than are white, that are two-timers, if you just induct the acolytes, which gets JBL in, you still end up doing what you wanted to do, but you don't you don't induct a prick, you induct an epic tag team. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Like, and, and he only had one world championship run, and it was a good run. 
I mean, the guy's a great heel because he is actually he's MJF, and I don't know how much AEW you watch, but he's oh, MJF. Yeah. Like he's an, right. he's just you're naturally a prick, so be yourself. And it's so go, true. You know, so I I just think if you wanted to dodge some of this, some of this, hey, you guys, you're really showing your racism. Man, what a fucking perfect opportunity to do that. Like, hey, we're going to induct the acolytes. See how not racist we are? Rob <laughs> said it twice again. And, and, and uh, granted, I mean, racism is a, is a deep-running thing for individuals that have it. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you've taken heat for this for fucking years, man. Right, and you. making no effort whatsoever to, like, yeah. put a stop oh. to the claims. Oh, look, we, we put Kofi in. <laughs> yeah, that should get us, like, goodwill for the next two years, right? Right. And here's the thing, right, that really blows my mind. When it comes to Kofi, uh, Vince's excuse was he wasn't drawing money as the champ. What the fuck do you mean he wasn't drawing money as the champ? Like, like I'm less, I have a podcast, and I'm less excited to watch this pay-per-view than I was to watch Kofi in anything Kofi did in his matches. Like, right. Kofi versus Randy Orton, I was itching. Right. Every day I'd call Smarks and I'd be like, I can't fucking wait to see this. I can't wait for Kofi <laughs> to look at Randy Orton in the ring and go, stupid, stupid. Right? But here's the thing, too. Like, back when that feud first started, when Kofi was finally getting that push, that was brilliant. Yeah. Like, he was amazing. He was really showing what he's got. And I knew one day he was going to fucking, and I thought it was a lot sooner rather than later, he was actually going to make it. But here's my thing with Vince saying that shit, is it seems like such a fucking safe space to run to. Because as a fan, you're not exactly their accountant. You can't really confirm if motherfuckers are bringing money in or not, in, in his view anyway. So it just seems like, you know, there's no argument, even well, though you've called bullshit. Or, or guess what? Um, maybe the reason your revenues are down is because, aside from Kofi, you've been putting a shit product out. Well, that's just it. Why don't you <laughs> care about what's not bringing in money, then, uh, in every other respect besides a black champion? Yeah. I mean, here's the, he's already proven that he'll do anything to bring in money. He'll pigeonhole a fucking pay-per-view in, ruining the pay-per-views around it, just right. to be able to get what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Before I wrap this up, I want to take a pause for the cause and uh, give a, a little review for a sponsor and pay some bills that has been a real lifesaver for me, man. All right, a lot of you beautiful Tatnus podcast listeners have been asking me a lot of questions lately about my newest sponsor. I've been praising them very highly, and you guys have a lot of questions, so I'm about to answer them with a review and tell you why you need to try Sports Suds. I hear a lot of concerns from people that had a few questions, wondering, is it just good for athletes? Because I don't spend the four hours a day in the gym like you do, Tatnus. I don't need all that fancy stuff. And I understand that. I do. Not everybody spends four hours a day in the gym, but here's what you need to realize. Everybody's celebrating. Summer's not too far away. It's around the corner now, but guess what happens? Come summer, athlete or not, you sweat. We all do. And your clothing kind of soaks in all that sweat, and then comes the bacteria. Well, you know, there's a lot of detergents out there that will mask all of that. They'll mask the smell, and you think it's done its job. But is it doing anything to kill the bacteria? No. 
the smell is still there. Eventually it kind of comes through and then you just smell a lot of perfume smell and the gross gym smell or sweat smell that you may be experiencing that we all go through every summer. Now Sports Suds takes care of that. It kills the bacteria that creates the smell and it doesn't bother with all these fancy perfumes to make you smell like a meadow. It actually just cancels out all odors. It takes away the bacteria that creates the foul smell. Sports Suds isn't trying to reinvent the wheel here. This is the beauty of it. They realize less is more. I know we've all heard that expression. Less is more and it's true. Sometimes the best way to smell good is just don't smell bad. You don't need to mask it with all this perfume and smell like an ocean. Who needs that? That can take people's breath away because, let's face it, we're living in a time where there's a lot of allergies and sensitivities to perfumes and there's a lot of perfume-free areas in the workplace now these days. So, Sports Suds takes care of that. They don't worry about masking odors with all these fancy chemical perfumes. They just take away the bacteria, kill the bacteria that's creating the foul smell, while also removing anything that your old failed detergent left behind. No more white spots where the detergent left its powdery mark. No more scented smell that takes people's breath away and is overpowering. No more germs. No more sweat smell. No more mildew smell from hanging laundry that didn't quite dry properly. And for those that are concerned, I mean, we live in 2020. I understand there's a lot of ethical movements now, and you're worried about animals and the environment, as we all should. Well, you'll be happy to know you could use sports suds without compromising your values. You don't have to worry because they are not animal tested at all, and all their ingredients are sustainably sourced and eco-friendly, and even work with your high-efficiency washers without any problems. So you can hold on to your values without feeling guilty, and do your laundry without feeling like you just went against your values. It's amazing stuff. So now let's talk about the question on everyone's mind. Let's talk price. Let me tell you, for the cost of a tub of sports suds, it's the same as the cost of my workout gloves that I bought. But now, thanks to sports suds, I don't have to throw those gloves out every month and buy new ones because of odor overload. I no longer have to replace those gloves once a month for the same price. Instead, I buy a big tub of sports suds and it washes all my gym gear so I don't have to throw anything out anymore. It's cost effective. It's been a lifesaver. It's been easy on the wallet. And I tell you right now, it gets the job done. All you loyal listeners know that Old Tatness here will never, ever, ever sponsor anything or be sponsored by anything, endorse anything that I myself would not use. And I'm telling you right now, man, both Sports Suds and myself are so confident that you are going to love their product, that they've been gracious enough to offer all my listeners a discount site-wide if you go onto their website and use the promo code TATNESS when you buy anything. That's how confident we both are that you're going to love this product. You're going to save 25% just by telling them that old TATNESS sent you. Use promo code TATNESS and you get 25% off of any order site-wide. How generous is that? As you guys know, I'm not just an athlete now. I'm the owner of a clothing company, so I know the importance of... What you wash those clothes in is just as important as what you wear. What you wash those clothes in is equally important. So, I'm telling you right now, I give this product five stars because Old Tatness would never steer you wrong. 
This stuff is a game changer. It's going to change the way you do laundry. So I say, if you want to find out for yourself, go to their website. Go to Sports Sud's website and tell them old Tatnus sent you. Collect your 25% off and find out for yourself. You will not be disappointed because we would not steer you in the wrong direction. This stuff is amazing. And I assure you that this will change the way you think about your clothing. You're no longer going to have to throw out your favorite shirts due to smell that just won't come out. Or a buildup of chemical perfumes that built themselves right into the, the fabric of your shirts. None of that. This takes care of all those issues. Do yourself a favor and take advantage of this promo code sale and find out for yourself how great this stuff is because summer's coming you're gonna sweat and you don't want to be throwing out your favorite clothing because the smell just won't go away so let's kill some bacteria scent free and try it out for yourself so get sports suds and get the funk out all right we're gonna wrap this bad boy up and uh, continue with part two with the guys from raw and order talking about the pay-per-view that wwe put on the elimination chamber and uh, so the next show will be part two, a continuation of that conversation. And I highly recommend you guys check out their show because this is what they do. They're so creative that they don't just review wrestling events. They actually call them out on all their crimes against the, the sport, if you will. And I think that's very creative. I think that's unique to... Most shows that talk about pro wrestling, these guys really got their stuff down in a unique way that has substance in my view. And I think you guys really dig it, man. So be sure to check them out. And the next show will be part two of that conversation. Don't miss that and see if we nailed any of these predictions that we had for this event. I I think we kind of were surprised a little bit with uh, the outcome of the event. Because we, we made some predictions that, let's be honest, fell flat on their face. And I, I'm surprised. I'm sure they are just as well. So be sure to check out the Tatnus Co. Network where you can find these guys and many other shows that we've recently picked up that are great shows for all types of listeners. Whatever you're into, man. But check these guys out if you like pro wrestling especially. You might agree with a lot that they have to say about the, the flaws and the crimes against the sport or the sports entertainment, if you will. And you might agree with a lot that they have to say. So I'm going to wrap this up. I had so much editing to do to kind of cut to the meat of our conversation. It's been exhausting. And uh, this was a while back. This was the day of the pay-per-view. And I wanted to get this out a lot sooner, but there was just so much content that I didn't want to cut anything out. And these guys are so great that I didn't want to cut them short. So I figured, why not make it a two-part special? You know what I'm saying? And give you guys the full conversation that we had for the most part. Uh, A little bit of it might be cut out that you can check out on their show. And that was a segment we specifically did for their show. So I kind of had a guest spot there, in a sense. And it's been a blast. And I hope to have them on the show again, or maybe jump on their show And if that does happen in the near future, I'll be advertising, so you will know, trust me. But I highly recommend them, man. They're great guys. Awesome conversation. Really had a blast talking to them. And I think part two shows that. So we'll get to that this week, and I'll release part two of the conversation. 
and you can give some feedback on the pay-per-view yourself if you like. If you watched it, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, then this show will definitely interest you because these guys really know their stuff. They really get into it, and we really cut into the meat of it all. So check it out, and part two is on the way. Have a good one, man. Take care, you guys, and thanks again for listening. I'll catch your asses later.